Welcome to Ghostly. Is the Amityville house haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real, and my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and to get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we are your host. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. What's been going on, Rebecca? Well, we've been thinking about that book club. Oh, yeah. I didn't know if we were going to mention that yet. Yeah, well, I thought maybe I'd throw it out there. You know, okay. it was something that came out when we did our um, Edgar Allan Poe episode many yes. moons ago. And uh, I think I'm ready to maybe start doing it. Are you? I am, but I, you know, would really like to keep it paranormal based. Oh, definitely. Or or history based. I think probably a bit of both. Like no fiction. Well, I mean, ghost <laughs> stories are all fiction. I mean, but. it's going to be totally nonfiction. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to put a post up in Ghostly Society. I was thinking, and we could, you know, see what if people are interested. If you guys have some ideas, awesome. yeah. Awesome. Well, um, we also have the trivia contest, and that's still going on. It is. Um, so they could win their choice of any ghostly shirt. I'm not just saying T-shirt because Whoa. I'm thinking, you know, if they want one of the long sleeve shirts, they could get that too. I don't know that. Okay. It's well, expensive, but, you know, our right. listeners are worth it. All right. Well, we've already had some submissions. We have. And, and the contest is going on until August 31st. Yeah. So still time. Yeah. So you could enter at ghostlypodcast.com slash trivia or just go to ghostlypodcast.com and go to the polls area and you will see the menu where there's a trivia button. Yeah. And then while you're there, you can also vote on our episode today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do we have any listener mail? We do. We do. Um, so we're going to actually finish up. We had uh, started on the Bloody Mary episode with MJ, our listener MJ. She had sent a second letter. And I, too many stories to fit yeah. in one episode. This so Michael Jordan has been through a lot. <laughs> so we're going to finish up with her or second maybe letter. Maybe it's Michael Jackson. Woohoo! No. Who? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, I'm ready, I think. (laughs) I got that out of my system. Okay, every time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so uh, she continues. Um, Again, they had moved three times, and then things started happening again, several entities. Uh, So um, here's here's a, a bit more. Um, okay, so she says, now for the unspecified weird occurrences that have happened in the last year. Doing dishes home alone with the kids. As I have already stated, the kitchen is on the second floor and that there are no walkways outside the window. Uh, able to see a reflection of self. Um, I'm guessing like in the window while she's washing dishes. Uh, right behind, I heard a man's voice say, what are you doing? Sorry. What are you doing? Thank you. Uh, I looked up to see if someone was reflecting in the window. No one was there. When I told my husband when he came home, he said, are you sure it was a man's voice? Because last night I heard a female's voice say, hi, how are you? In the living room. This is crazy. Wait, how, did, how did that sound though? Hi, how are you? Because I think that's oh, how the ghosty, sounding. ghosty female would sound. <laughs> okay. Not like, 
Hi, how, how are you? <laughs> okay, that's more like it, I think. Okay. Uh, one Friday when I was at work and the children were at daycare, my husband was sitting at home from work. He was sitting in the living room watching some TV when he heard a baby cry. At first, he just ignored it because it was not coming from within the house. After all, both kids were at school, so the sound should not be coming from inside. After a few minutes, the crying got louder, so he got up to investigate. When he opened the door to our daughter's room, the crying stopped and nothing was in there. If you remember the Woody doll incident, then you'll get a real kick out of my next thing I'm about to say. Since we had a Woody doll, we had to have a Buzz Lightyear doll too, per my son. He was more my favorite, actually. I have totally a Woody doll girl. Yeah, I'm not like a Tom Hanks fan, though. It's your unpopular opinion (laughs) that you don't really have, but you want people to think you have. No, it's for real. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm sorry. All right. One day during the quarantine, I was sitting in the other room working on my laptop when I started to hear something coming from the kids' room. I thought, oh, great. Another toy's battery is running out. Well, during this time, both kids were asleep and the toy was not uh, pressed up against anything. As I tried to find the off switch or at least take the batteries out of it, it got quicker. There have been other weird things that have happened over the last year, like random Legos being skidded across the floor at random hours in the night, hushed mumbles coming from the other room, random bangs on the walls, and many other things. But those are the bigger things that have happened. Um, so she's got uh, she she get, she sent us some videos about the with the Buzz toy. So I'm gonna look and see if there's a way to share those. I don't if sure if she wants us to. share those um so and then she thanks us for the podcast she says it is something that i look forward to on wednesdays yeah because we tell her story almost every wednesday (laughs) now poor lady she's got a lot going on so mj you know i'm i'm glad that you submitted that to us um we need more we need more ghost stories yeah we've been getting some really good ones and and i want more yeah so how would they go about Submitting that to you, Rebecca. Yeah, so they can email us at info at ghostlypodcast.com. Um, you can, of course, message us on any social media. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. Yep. You can also leave a voicemail Yeah. at 630-448-2138. Yes. Or what else could they do? Uh, they can actually send us something in the mail. The mail. In, like the real mail. Um, it's P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. And as I always say, I never remember these things. You know, I'm usually driving, listening listening to podcasts. So if you forget everything, it's all on the website. Just scroll to the very bottom of any page. It's in our footer. We have the information there. Um, also, there is another way that they can tell us their ghost stories. What's that? In uh, the polls, we I've been putting in there, now that the polls are officially just on the website, any comments that, that you have, it could be related to something that you've seen. That's so if true. you've been to the Amityville house and you're voting on this episode, uh, we saw one thing on Instagram where the person, and I forget the name, so I'm not going to mention the name, uh, they said that they you know found it kind of creepy. And uh, the one thing that was really weird is that seven of their pictures didn't develop, and those were all the ones of the Amityville house. Mm. And they were right in the middle of the um, 
What would that be called? The, the series, the set, the role. The, the role. That's wow. it. The role. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of creepy. It is absolutely. So we love those comments, and I mean, also, you, of course, you can you can message or you can send us a comment or a message or email, whatever it is, on our on our website too. Everything is open game unless you tell us not to share. Yeah, and I mean. You know, other than carrier pigeon, I don't think we've had that. Smoke signals, we haven't had that yet either. And we still haven't received any mail with ghost stories. That's true. We have gotten some mail. We got a nice card and we got a postcard. Yeah, we like postcards too. That's nice. I am waiting for baked goods though. (laughs) Are you ready for the next next item? No. No, not at all. Not at all. So you you mean the history? No, I mean the polls. Oh, jeez. As always, we you want to skip I know skip this them. one's going to be really bad. <laughs> so our last episode, we talked about Gettysburg. And so the mm. question was, is Gettysburg haunted? Any guesses what the uh, response was? Yeah, I'm thinking that it was 100% no. <laughs> Well, I thought it would be more no, I'm going to be honest, since I was actually, I fell on the non-believer side a little bit with this one. Yeah. Uh, But our polls were uh, 78.6% yes and 21.4% no. You know, I win I, without even trying. Yeah, right. I'm I'm not going to lie. There was one more vote that was cast, but it was after our deadline. Oh, yeah. So I'm not going to count that one. That one was a yes as well, though. So I would have, <laughs> it was more like um, 79 point something than to like 20, 20. Yeah. point something. Gotcha. Yeah, it's okay. crazy. So yeah. we, we usually cut, we cut off voting, what, the Friday before, or the, we give you like a week and a half, yeah, basically. A week and a half. Yeah, a little over a week. And the poll might still be up there, and we still, you know, will uh, see it. But mm-hmm. we just, I'm not going to include that in the final count. And you've uh, also put up all the past poll results I on have, our website. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. if you're, you know, someone that's just starting to listen and, you know, you're, you finish an episode and you're just like, I just need to know right now before I even go to the next episode what the polls yeah. are, or you forget. Yeah. You know, you can go. go there take were a, look. a couple of weird ones in there. Like the one time that I clearly won, but then somehow you convinced me that it was a tie. And I was just like, okay, all right, it's a tie. <laughs> but like, I clearly won. It was like hands down. I don't down. think that's true. I don't know. Oh yeah, if you go on the site, you will see that one. I I do have <laughs> notes about ones. Too. It has. It's an asterisk. Yeah. So this is our fiftieth episode, and um, I don't know about you. But I didn't really ever think that we were going to get to this point. No, when we started this, there was no like. Wow, someday we're going to get to 50 episodes. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have like a plan that said like 10 episodes and then we're done. No. I just never really thought that we would just keep going. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I don't it, know. It's it's amazing. So uh, we have all of you to thank for that. Uh, you keep us going, really. You're obviously, you've obviously been telling people to listen because uh, Ghostly has continued to grow. We, we've gained more listeners. We uh, get more downloads. It's just getting insane, and we really appreciate that. Um, but we have so much planned for the future of Ghostly and other things that are 
just kind of in the idea phase, kind of like the book club idea. Yeah. But there's even more too. Yeah. So um, make sure that you stick around. You got to hit that subscribe button to keep listening to episodes. You won't want to miss any of this, especially we've been talking about our October. I was just going to say, month. I mean, we're getting to ghostly season and lots of fun planned. I mean, I, yeah. it's hard to top uh, exorcisms, but I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give it a run for its money. Are we gonna do an episode every week again? I think that's the plan. That's so hard, but <laughs> so worth it. It <laughs> so, was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, but you know that's all future stuff. So I like to live in the present, in the now, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that brings us to today's episode. We are going to be talking about the Amityville horror. This has been an episode idea from day one that I've wanted to do. Rebecca, I don't think you've wanted to do this one as much, right? Well, I know it's always been on my list, but I've, yeah, it's just been, it's been not the right time. It is still one of the top 10, um, you know, ghost stories in the United States. Oh, easily, easily. I mean, it's a great story. It's, it's, the research was fun. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I guess I wanted to do this episode because I have heard that this story has been completely debunked. So finally, I might actually win a poll, right? It's possible. Um, But I like the conspiracy theories, and I really want to know what evidence is out there on both sides. So just as I am skeptical about ghost stories, I am also skeptical when a story is considered completely debunked. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the real story and we're going to touch upon the movie. This this episode is really not about the movie per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you did get a chance to watch the movie, I was just going to say, right? I'm, well, I mean, of course, I've seen the movie, but it was had been a while. I was just going to say, when we talk about the movie, we are only really talking about the the 1970s. Uh, the original 1979, yeah. 1979 Amityville horror movie yeah. with James Brolin. I thought it was Robert Brolin. James. James Brolin. Josh, Josh is the son, I think. Okay. The, so what did James you think Brolin, of the and, movie? And uh, Margot Kidder. Um, but you know what? I mean, it's it, anytime you go back and watch those 70s horror movies, it, there's always a bit of fun with it because yeah. it's just so timely and, you know, you're seeing every all the old stuff, you know, so that's and the effects are... Well, what they are, what they are. Yeah. Uh, but I know I it's it's a good movie. I will say that the overall theme of the of the story is still spooky, scary. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, the effects really do not hold up. But I've I mean I've seen I, I've seen that I've seen all the sequels. Um, I think for the most part, I don't know. If I guess I guess there's maybe there's been a few I haven't because there's a lot, um, and some of them have really freaked me out over the years. So yeah, uh, it's a good story. Yeah. It is definitely. And uh, when we're all through with everything, of course, we are going to debate some of the stories, um, and then you can decide. I, I really can't wait to see what you think. Yeah, I'm interested. Doing some research, there are still a lot of people that believe this story. Absolutely. So okay. So what was the question before we? before we go any further. Uh, So the question is, is the Amityville house haunted? Okay, so we're not talking about the Lux family or anything like that. Right. We're talking about the house itself. Because that's the theory, right? Is that there there were two things that happened at that house that you're going to tell us about. And so the question is, like, people claim that the house itself is what's haunted. Okay. And that's what we're going to debate. So do you have a ghost story for us? I do have a ghost story for us. All right. This one's short. 
I spent the night playing in my room. Mom and Dad were downstairs, and my stupid brothers were being so loud and annoying. They always placed tricks on me. Just because I'm a girl and little. Stupid boys. I hate them sometimes. Yesterday, I tried to tell them about Jody, and they just laughed at me. They told me she isn't real and that I'm dumb for believing in her. But she is real. I see her all the time. She plays with me and talks to me. She tells me secrets that even Mama and George don't know. About what happened to the kids that used to live here. I don't like it when Jody tells me about that. It's scary. But she says I need to know because if I'm not careful, it will happen to me. Sometimes, though, I think she actually wants me to be hurt like those other kids. She talks about how then we can play together forever. But I don't want to stay a little girl forever with my brothers picking on me. But I can't tell Jody that. She gets really mad. The other night, George and I were watching TV and we heard a noise outside. When we looked, we saw a hoof print on the snow. I told him it was Jody. Sometimes she looks like a scary animal. I don't like that. She does it when she's mad at me. I saw her glowing eyes out my window. So now I just do what she says. And I think she's making George crazy. He keeps getting more angry. I hope I don't end up living in this house forever. Wow. Okay, so that's the perspective of the daughter. Yeah. Do you remember her name? Missy? Oh, okay, I don't remember. So, okay, well, I think maybe we should take a break then. Okay. Because we have a rather long history to, to cover here. Absolutely. So uh, we'll see you guys in a minute. So here at Ghostly, we have a new sponsor, Sinister Coffee and Creamery. Yeah, Sinister Coffee and Creamery is a shop in Portland owned by an amazing couple, Kelly and Michelle, who are also super into the paranormal and do their own investigations in addition to making amazing coffee. What's really cool is that they pick their coffee names to give insight into the deeper meaning behind supernatural and paranormal terminology. Our favorite blend is Apparition. It's a medium roast with delicious chocolate oats. And Ghostly listeners get 10% off when they use the code GHOSTLY10 on their order at SinisterCoffeeAndCreamery.com. And that will be in our show notes, too. It will. So order some today and enjoy a little ghost with your coffee. All right. You ready to do this? Ready Let's to do this. Ready to do the pet facts? Pet facts. <laughs> so we put a call out there for anybody to uh, come up with like a jingle or anything for hashtag pet, fa- pet yeah, facts. Hashtag pet facts. <laughs> um, which isn't necessarily the history, but I'm, we're going to play it here before the history. Well, this so, is your time for pet facts. My boy Mondo. <laughs> you guys might remember Mondo from other uh, songs that he's put on the episodes we maybe we shouldn't talk about waverly hills 
that's not where you want to be. Yeah, no, it's a good, I, yeah, he, such classic jingles. Right? Yes. <laughs> we really, <laughs> we really jingle. Well, here is Mondo's take on Pat Facts. Pat's Facts. From a skeptic point of view. Pat's Facts. He presents it all to you. Pat's <laughs> okay, well, thanks, Mondo. That was <laughs> from a skeptical point of view. <laughs> All right, so if you've got an idea for a theme song for Pat Facts, uh, or for any of the other sections, I was going to say, or Rebecca's ghost story, maybe if yeah. you want to write something spooky, yeah. uh, we'd love to hear it, and uh, and we might play it in an episode. Absolutely, you could just whip out your phone and record it right on the phone. It doesn't have to be the best quality, just something, just something fun. So, okay, so it's time to get into the Pat Facts. Um, We're going to start this off by saying that the Amityville Horror is based upon a book by Jay Anson. It was published in September of 1977. From there, it has sparked several movies, starting from the one in 1979 onwards. Um. It all starts with the Lutz family and supposedly details their paranormal experience. There have been many that have set out to prove that the claims that the book and movies made were all embellished. This has even resulted in some lawsuits. Well, and I think like the title of the book even includes like the true story of or some some That's wording. That's one of like the lawsuits, that. actually. Ah. Yeah, funny how you always jump the pat facts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Amityville Horror took place at one twelve Ocean Avenue, which was located in a suburban neighborhood on the south shore of Long Island, New York, and it was called Amityville. So that's the name of the town. That's where they get right, that. Right, yeah. yeah. Which is kind of, I mean, that's a freaky name. Like, Well, I, it is now because we associate it with this scary story. I know, but I also think of it like like amnity, like, I don't know, it's like enemy. Uh, anyways, it's, it's definitely a freaky name. Yeah. So at around 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday, November 13th, 1974, Ronald DeFeo Jr. burst into Henry's bar and yelled out, you got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot. Ronald and about 12 people went to the house and found that his parents were indeed shot inside the house. Joe Yeswit, who was one of the 12 people, called the Suffolk County Police who did a search of the house and discovered that it wasn't just Ronald's mother and father, but also his two brothers and his two sisters were all shot as well. Forensics put the killing at around 3 a.m., His parents were shot twice while his siblings had only been shot once. They were all found lying face down in the bed, which is a weird position, you know, for the whole family to Mm -hmm. be face down, like on their stomachs. Yeah, very weird. The DeFeo family had only been at the house for nine years. Ronald claimed to the police that this was a mafia hit job. So they put Ronald in protective custody at the local police station. The police did a few interviews with Ronald, and his story kept changing. Enough of a change to set off some red flags. The next day, Ronald confessed to carrying out the killings himself. 
Ronald said, once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. Ugh. Yeah. He stated that after he was done, he took a shower and got redressed. I believe he even went to work. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and told the police where they could find evidence like his bloodstained clothes and the thirty-five caliber rifle that he had used to kill his family. Wow. Ronald's trial began on October 14th, 1975, and he pleaded insanity. So it wasn't even really necessarily like, I didn't do it. It was more just like, I did it, but I wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Ronald claimed to have killed his family because he heard their voices plotting against him. Aha, okay. So the psychiatrist for the prosecution, Dr. Harold Zolan, uh, which is an awesome name for a psychiatrist, it's, Zolan. It's a great name just in general. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, he maintained that although DeFeo was a user of heroin and LSD, he had antisocial personality disorder and was aware of his actions at the time of the crime. Yeah, I think some people don't realize that, that you can actually be mentally ill, but not be... Um, not be uh, not get off on insanity. Like you can be quote unquote insane, but like be aware of your actions yeah, and and be be guilty. Absolutely. Yeah. And on November twenty first, nineteen seventy five, Ronald was found guilty of six counts of second degree murder and was sent sentenced to six concurrent sentences of twenty five years to life. Ronald is actually still alive. Uh, Did you know that? No. He's being held at the Sullivan Correctional Facility in Fallsburg, New York. Uh, well, I guess he was probably, how old was he when he did this? I'm not sure. I think it was like in his 20s. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I guess it's totally possible. Yeah. Early, early 20s. Yeah. And this was like 46 years ago. So. Right. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Um, since his conviction, though, Ronald has changed his story multiple times. Each time there's evidence that suggests that his claims are just not true. Mm. Uh, I was always wondering, though, you know, whenever I thought about this particular story, uh, I was always wondering how someone could kill six people in different rooms without at least one of them hearing the gunshots and like running out. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, you know, so when I, did a little digging, I found out that it appears that the family were given sedatives. Also, while being questioned after the murders, Ronald asked numerous times how to get his father's life insurance, which led that to be a... um, to be a motive that they suggested during his trial. Yeah, and again, another reason to say it wasn't insanity that he knew what he was doing. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Ronald had claimed that his sister Dawn had killed their father, and then their mother killed all the siblings, and that Ronald killed his mother only because uh, when he arrived at the house, she was holding the rifle, and they were fighting over the rifle. Um and, you know, he had already saw what had transpired there. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure you could find evidence of that, and they didn't. Well, he claimed he was married also. This is a different story. Oh, he claimed he was married and living in uh, New Jersey, uh, that he was called by his mother to come break up some fight oh. or something like that. 
But what's interesting is the woman that he claimed to have been married to was actually married to someone else at the time. And he did end up marrying that woman, though, but it wasn't until like 1989. And that was only to make this claim, it appears. Well, and I, I mean, you, this is, these are easy things to dispute. Yeah, absolutely. All right, there was also uh, unburned gunpowder found on Dawn's nightgown. This obviously meant that she was the one that killed the family, he said. Um, but after talking with forensic specialists, the judge ruled that this was not true, that the gunpowder comes from the muzzle of the gun and that it would only be there if a gun was aimed at her in close range. Mm, so he told lots of stories. He did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's tried numerous times for appeals, and they have not um, allowed him to be released. Okay. And it doesn't look promising for him anytime soon. Thank so. goodness. So now we're going to talk about the Lutz family. The Lutz bought the house that was on 112 Ocean View for $80,000 in December of 1975. Now, they must have known about the murders that took place a year before. Yeah, I mean, they, I'm sure, were famous and people knew about them. In the book and in the movie, the house is portrayed as containing at least one demon spirit that made Ronald kill his family. And it was also um, believed that the house was either built on a Native American burial ground or that it was a, a place where the Native Americans had abandoned their mentally ill. The books and movie have the entire family moving into the house at the same time, but in actuality, it looks like more, more likely that out of the three children, actually only one of them lived there full time. Okay. And that was uh, Christopher Quarantino. And he was seven when he lived there. Christopher does believe that there was something there, but said that his stepfather brought it upon himself. He dabbled with the occult and then amplified any paranormal incidents that might have occurred for profit. He's a professional showman, in my opinion, Quarantino said of Lutz, whom he said that he clashed with many times before leaving home at the age of 16. Uh, I just feel as though we're being exploited, he said. And he was actually one of those kids that got a divorce from his parents. Oh, like official separation or something? Yeah. Quarantino said that he wants to set the record straight from Lutz's version where Lutz points his finger at the house and says there's something evil there. Quarantino said fingers should be pointed at what he had done. He's a perpetrator and an instigator. So, yeah, should point it at himself. Yeah, exactly, right? Mm. Yeah. So there are several inconsistencies throughout, though. Uh, The Lutz would say that these were made by the author of the book, Anson. Uh, A couple of the big ones is that there was never any damage to the doors or locks. Uh, The original locks and doors stayed intact after the Lutzes sold the house, and that in the 28-day events of the house, the police were never called at all. Also, the priest claims that he only called the Lutzes and was never actually there, although the priest goes out to eventually say he was there, but then that, you know, he did hear somebody say, get out, but it wasn't like a paranormal thing. He believed it could have been, you know, George actually that said it, and that he got slapped or something like that, but not paranormal. Also, the basement red room that is like, 
you know, when they figure it all out, the dog has been digging at this mm-hmm. place forever. Uh, the red room was actually a closet, and it was. It would have been. It wouldn't have been concealed when the Lutzes were there. They could have had access to it. Also, the hoof that you talked about. They actually um, have looked at the book. They figured out the date that mm-hmm. that occurred, and there was no snow on the ground on that date. Mm-hmm. So it was actually a pretty mild winter. Well, it wasn't forecasted to snow. That doesn't mean that there wasn't snow. Well, they've actually looked back at the weather reports, and there wasn't snow on the ground on that day. Well, Unless we're, someone we're trucked in some snow. We're getting to all the debate stuff. Right? I'm Though sorry. actually that's not one of them, but the, oh, but okay. we'll we'll come back to visit some of these things we're talking about. That's that which is all good. Yeah, but then there's this part about the Native Americans abandoning uh their insane or mentally ill people or that it was built on an ancient Native American burial ground. This was all rejected by the local Native American leaders. And one of the biggest things against this haunted tale was a man by the name of William Weber. He was the attorney that defended Ronald, and he said that the story was all made up by the Lutz family over a bottle of wine. Uh, The flies were all made up based upon the crime scene notes from Ronald's case. The blood in the movie was actually some kind of green slime, but blood sounded scarier. Uh, Weber was approached by a publisher that said that they would happily offer a large advancement for a book about the DeFeo case. Mm. So, you know, it made me think, why would Weber do this? But from what I'm seeing is that um, beyond just him getting a massive payout of money, he planned to use this to open up a new case for Ronald. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he had a motive to do it. And there's a bunch of lawsuits that happen between the Lutz family and Weber, and um, it it gets really messed up. And um, the judge pretty much said that this was all made up by Weber, mm. that all the stories seem to have been made up by him. So now we're going to talk about after the Lutz family left. So they just ran out of the house and left all their possessions, right? That's the story. Yeah. That's a story that might be true or might not. They all brought three outfits with them, though. Did you know that? Yes, I did know that. So how did they pack up three outfits apiece? You know, like if I was really that scared, I wouldn't have time. Well, I would I would run out of the house in my underoos. <laughs> well, it was basically like, don't spend another night in the house. And so then they just like packed up some clothes and left. Okay. And that was it. Well, 14 months after the Lutz family moved out, Jim and Barbara... Cromarty, 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 bought the house uh, for fifty-five thousand dollars and moved in. They lived there for a week when an article came out in Good Housekeeping in April of nineteen seventy-seven. The article was named "Our Dream House Was Haunted." It went over the story of the Lutzes, and the Lutzes sued almost immediately, claiming that it was an invasion of privacy. Uh, that was actually written by somebody that Weber had hired. Oh, I was going to say, how did they get the story if it wasn't from the Lutzes? That gotcha. was because he did have the story. Yeah. And the Lutzes just kept going with that story. Hmm. Anyways, um, so what was weird, though, is so they sold it because it was an invasion of privacy. But exactly five months later, Jay Anson published the book he'd written with supposedly Lutz's input. There is kind of... 
something that says that the Lutzes actually never told him anything. Well, yeah, he claims that they are, he had tapes of their them talking. But nobody has happened. seen these tapes or heard these tapes. No. So who knows? Who knows? Could have just been paid off to write the story. Um, the book went on to sell over 6.5 million copies and led to the screenplay for the movie, which in total made millions upon millions of dollars. Uh, now, I know the Lutzes didn't really get much money out of the movie, right? Uh, well, there was one movie that they claimed they weren't a part of, but I think some of the others, I'm, I'm sure they did. Yeah, the Lutzes lived pretty comfortably. I believe they moved to Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. So from the East Coast all the way to Vegas. Uh, Jim and, and Barbara Cromarty insisted that they had never seen any evidence of the house being haunted. The Cromarty would eventually sue the Lutzes, uh, Anson, and the book publisher, um, Prentice Hall, for $1.1 million in associated damages for fraud, trying to get them to admit that the subtitle of Anson's book, A True Story, wasn't quite what it was cracked up to be. Ah. The suit settled for an undisclosed six-figure sum in 1982. Interesting. The Amityville house officially sold in February 2017 to an undisclosed owner for $605,000, which was $200,000 less than the original asking price. It had been previously owned by four other families since the murders, one of which had the address changed to 108 Ocean Avenue. The house originally stood at 112 Ocean Avenue. So, um... If you're looking for the house, it's actually at 108, <laughs> and it looks pretty much the same. There has been some uh, renovation done to the house. Oh, absolutely. And it looks more modern, and man, that house, like, it's sat on a nice piece of land. Oh, man, there's a boathouse. Yeah. There's all this stuff. Yeah, but they've changed the the fancy windows, the the unique windows that look like eyes. Yeah. Those have been changed. So oh, okay. that, like, when you drive by, it's not... Um, so my, I have a friend um, who basically grew up in an Amityville house. Like it looked exactly oh, really? like that house. No, oh. I didn't have the boathouse or any of all of that <laughs> stuff. But um, she always loved the fact that it <laughs> she looked like that. Yeah. lived in a house that looked like that. Um, wow. Do you have anything else to add to the history here? Um, I, no, I think that's. I think that's good. I mean, we're definitely going to talk about some other. Um, you know, some of the other paranormal things uh, that have come up. But well, I will say, so the Cromartys, I believe they they at one point invited like press and investigators. It was like one day just for like a certain amount of time because they just were so annoyed with all the people that kept showing up yeah. at the house. So like, fine, one day you guys can all come in and see that there's nothing going on. And then... That's um, when Ed and Lorraine went, right? No, that was they were there oh, okay. before. They were invited by the Lutzes. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, the Warrens. The, sorry, no, the Lutzes invited the Warrens. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I um, never said their last name. So, oh, there you go. Sorry, Ed and Lorraine. Ed Warren. and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, sorry, which, I knew who you. I mean, I am on a first name basis. Which yeah, with Ed and Lorraine. <laughs> so, which we also uh, debated in the Conjuring. We did, and actually, the war. Sorry, the Lutzes story is. In The Conjuring 2, it's just at the beginning, though. The majority oh, okay. of that movie is about the Perrin family, which we yeah. should definitely check out at some point. But um, but the but the, at the beginning, they show them doing mm. this investigation. So you could go check that out. Interesting. Okay. Um, so you want to take a break? Let's take a break. Okay. Okay. 
Listeners, did you know there's a way to share with the world whether you're hashtag team believer or hashtag team skeptic? Or for those who need it, hashtag team the middle. It's our store called Ghostly Gear. Yep. And we even have custom ghostly designs like microclimate or even the Easter Island Massacre or of the ghostly logo. Just visit our Ghostly Gear store right on ghostlypodcast.com to order your T-shirt, hoodie, mug, mask, whatever. <laughs> okay, okay. I think we got it. Um, they just need to visit ghostlypodcast.com and click on Ghostly Gear to order right on the website and send us any ideas that you have for new merch. Exactly. Order your merch today and send us a pic of you in your ghostly gear. All right, we're back and it's time for the debate. Okay, this now this feels like something that should have a theme song. The debates? The yeah. debate. It's the final debate time. <laughs> <laughs> Something. I don't know. But anyways, if anyone gets inspired. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you got for me? All right. So the first thing we want to talk about is cold spots. Yes. So, uh, I, and I kind of want to throw in a, some of these things uh, in here. You talked about it a little bit. Um, the difference between the movie and what the family claims happened yeah. is not always the same. No. Um, so in the movie, Kathy Lutz calls the priest to bless the home. Uh, but in real life, George is the one that who claims to have called the priest to come okay. bless the home. In the movie, Kathy is a very active Catholic. Um, and like her aunt is a nun. It turns out in real life, Kathy's aunt was a nun. But by that point that all this happened, she was no longer a nun and actually had a family. A nun that could play basketball. Well, yes. We saw that <laughs> we in the movie. We did see that in the movie. <laughs> she was pretty good. She was. I mean, you kind of have to be, really. If you're a nun, I you mean, have to be able it's to one of those things. play basketball. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so both she and George um, in real life, though, were, were pretty lapsed in their religion. She was a lapsed Catholic and he was a lapsed Methodist. Um, but but still, they but they both claimed that the priest did come to the house. As you mentioned in your history, the yeah. priest originally said, no, I never went there. Mm-hmm. But then in an interview later, he, Father Ralph Pecoraro, Okay. That's what I'm going to say. Right. Uh, claims that he did feel a, he did go to the house. And while he was there, he felt a cold, uh, strange coldness when he was in the sewing room, which in the movie, that was the room where all the flies mm-hmm. were. Um, they where he d- just let all the flies land on him. Yeah, and, it was really yeah. weird. Uh, but the father, by the way, the, I'm not talking about the flies because the father says, no, the flies thing never happened. Yeah. That was not true. Yeah. Um, and then Kathy's son, Daniel Lutz, also says he felt cold spots in the house. So cold spots felt by at least a couple people. All right. So I'm going to say um, that this was a very old house and subject to having cold spots in it. Um, it's just a natural thing. I don't feel that there is any reason why. There are rooms that are going to be colder than other rooms in your house. In your place, do you have any Spots that seem colder or hotter or anything. This is true, but they're always that way, not just like sometimes. Well, it seems like they might have been always that way in this as well. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. All right. So how would you rate this evidence then? A zero. (laughs) Zero. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. 
a four. Yeah, it's not wow. super convincing, especially when you're like, yeah, that didn't happen, that didn't happen, but this was a thing that happened. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't even include the like voice because as you said the priest was like i heard it but i thought it was a real person like yeah. he didn't think it was paranormal well you know here's the thing about these kind of stories is once uh once you've once you've discovered that some parts of it are false it's hard to believe any part of it then it's it's a tricky thing it is for really. sure yeah because i mean paranormal things really depend upon facts being laid out and you know that they're concrete and they never change their stories. Mm-hmm. The stories have been changed several times, even in the books. Um, several revisions of the books have like the father's car being a different type of car for some reason and then go back. That's weird. Like one, it was a, seems a like Ford, then it became thing. a Chevy. You know, it yeah. was, hmm. I don't know. So the next few pieces of evidence then. Okay. are based on the Warren's investigation. Oh, I love me some Warren investigation. <laughs> well, they were really the only, there was maybe one other paranormal investigator that was in there, but um, you know, they were really the only ones that ever got to go in around the time that the Lutzes were there. Yeah. So the Lutzes left in January. Yes. And the Warrens were invited, and they, but they kept the house for that next year, whatever, yeah. until it was sold. Because they couldn't sell they it. Could, yeah. yeah. Um, but the they invited the Warrens um, in March. So I would love to do a Warren episode one day that we go over all their cases and rate them. <laughs> well, I don't stuff. know if we can do all their cases because there's a lot. but We, we don't could... have to go into great detail about each one. <laughs> Just, you know, this case, what do you think? Yeah, we could do yeah. some highlights. Uh, so the first piece of evidence from the Warrens is a photo, okay. which I will definitely put on the website. Yes. Um, so the description given for the photo, um, so it says the Warrens investigated the Amneville house. This is from the Hollywood uh, history, history versus Hollywood.com. Sorry. Okay. Uh, the Warrens investigated the Amneville house in March of 1976. The image was supposedly captured by Gene Campbell a a professional photographer who was part of the team who worked with paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, he worked with them a lot, Uh, I think, yeah. Gene had set up an automatic camera that took infrared pictures to capture the second floor landing during the night. Equipped with black and white film, his camera captured this Amneville ghost boy photo that some have speculated could be the ghost of the murdered child, John DeFeo, who had lived in the house with his family prior to the Lutzes. So, okay. um, do you want to describe what's in the photo? Um, yeah, so it's like the second floor. You see two doors. Um, both of them are open. You see a a railing, you know, around um, the staircase. Because there were three floors in the house. So yes. this is like the turn from the third floor to going down to the first floor. And on um, in one of the doors, you see a boy's head. I can't tell if it's a boy or not. Well, I was just going to say, like, it. they say ghost boy, right? Yeah. It looks like a figure, like the head's coming out. You can see a body a little bit, like like through the railings. And then you just see this little head with hair and, like, white eyes looking over the railing. Yeah. So they it looks short. The white eyes are what really throw me off on this. Now, when you take a picture of a person with a flash... A lot of times it can make the person's eyes like red or white in this one because it's black and white. Well, also infrared. 
Yeah, exactly. So um, to me, this looks like it's actually a real boy. Yeah, or even a a young woman. Yeah. Like, you know, almost like leaning over. It could be like kind yeah. of peeking out the door. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look real. And the white eyes are why I would say that because if there really was a ghost, a spirit or something like that, you wouldn't get the white eyes like that. Yeah, they'd almost be like empty or something. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so, so you say it does I I mean I think it looks real meaning it looks like a real person yeah it like this like if you showed me this and didn't tell me it was a ghost photo no part of me would think like oh this is a ghost photo right exactly yeah so i, I gotta say i'm 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 I'm, all, I'm absolutely on the skeptical side of this one another reason i'm on the skeptical side is i've actually watched an interview with ed and lorraine warren about this yeah. um about the investigation they don't bring up the photo it's not yeah. even like the first thing they talk about and so, like, if it was some big winning piece of evidence that they thought was amazing, they would lead with it anytime they talked about the house. Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't know. Ed didn't like to uh, let Lorraine talk very much. Yeah, though, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, he would sometimes, but yeah. Uh, he was he was definitely the front man for that band. For sure, for sure. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's funny because I know Lorraine a lot more because Ed passed away and yeah. then Lorraine kept going. So. She was able to talk then. Finally, yeah, she, right? she was great. Um, um, so how would you rate the photo then? I rate the photo as a zero. Yeah, I'm going to give it a two. I'll give it a, a little two? bit wow. of like it's possible, but most okay. likely not. But as I said, the white eyes, it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. They would just... actually be an image of eyes then. And it just something. looks super solid. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. Evidence number three. So Ed Warren, here's what he had to say um, on that interview that I watched. And again, I'll I'll put a link up to that. Uh, Ed Ed Warren claims that as I was going up the stairs, I reached a point where it felt as if a force of water was coming against my chest, almost like a waterfall. Um, Oh, sorry. This was Lorraine. I was thinking it was Ed. Um, uh, she said in the clip explaining her initial feeling inside the haunted home. It was the worst feeling. I stopped on the landing and held tight to the relic that was in my hand and asked for strength and direction and going forward. It felt ominous to me. So, um, sorry. So Lorraine, um, felt that she got, had like a pressure on her chest as she was going up the stairs. Okay. Um, you know, I will give it that it is a, House where there was a um, there was a mass murder committed in this house. It um, now in no way do I think that you know the spirits resided, but her feelings knowing this, I mean, they had to know the story when they went into the house. I just believe that it was an amplified feeling. Mm. So this, I feel a little bit more unsure that it's fake just because like, well, we're going to get into what I think is actually going on in the house okay, in a, in a little bit. But I do think it's, you know, she's a sensitive, she's a medium. And so I do think there could have been energy that she was feeling that made her feel that way. And again, it could have been from like residue from the murders um, or it could be some other stuff. So... Um, so for me, it's a little bit more believable, this part. Okay. So what's your rating for this one? I give it a zero. Um, <laughs> the Ed and Lorraine thing, I don't think 
uh, Lorraine was trying to purposely mislead people, but Ed definitely was. Mm. He was a con man. I mean, you could tell it in the way that he talks and uh, the things that he comes up with. You could tell he's a con man. And um, I believe that he conned Lorraine into thinking she had supernatural powers that she didn't actually have. Hmm. Well, I think she had powers and I think he might have exploited them. That is very true. I will say like he like in this interview, he perpetrates some of the same falsehoods Mm -hmm. from the Lutzes. Yeah. Because that's what he was told at the time. Yep. You know, this was still years later and he still perpetrated those. Lorraine doesn't. Yeah. You know, the things that she talks about are just her own experiences that she had. And one of her big things was the fact that they left everything. And, and that was a, a big thing. Like, you know, being in that house in March, it was just still full of everything, their dishes, you know, and all their stuff. Now, I do think they did send movers in eventually to get their stuff. I'm I think sure. I did read that. So like, sure. I didn't put that in as evidence because I was like, <laughs> you know, like the, and they may have had to wait to get a new house or something, but I, I do think they, they didn't go back to get their stuff, but I sure. do think they got their stuff eventually. But if I told you right now, hey, if you just pick up and leave, we're going to advance you some money on an idea for a book. You're going to be able to buy all your clothes. You know, you could have three outfits though, <laughs> but you can, you could buy all your clothes. You could buy all your possessions. You just have to leave them there for a few months. I, but do we have evidence that that happened before Weber. they left the house? But did Weber say it was like while they were living there in that month time he met with them? I mean, it had to be pretty close. Hmm. I'm not sure if it was right before or right after. Because if it was like after, that. like that's a pretty big projection to be like, you know what, we're going to make money on this. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you wouldn't know that. I mean, I mean, I think that they would, and here's my reason for it. A lot of these stories are very similar to you know the stories in The Exorcist, hmm. which was a big hit in '73, which is right before all this happened, a couple years before. This was a big um, to-do in the 70s where being possessed, <laughs> and a lot of these movies were about it. Mm-hmm. I believe that they, I actually believe that the Lutzes bought the house because of the murders and because they could exploit it. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. I think that it could be possible. I really okay. do. Um, so I guess I, I thought I had an Ed thing and a Lorraine thing, but I guess I just have two Lorraine things, which, which is okay. Did you rate that one? Oh, I'm sorry. I did not rate that one. I am going to give that one a six. A six. Okay. Yeah. That's your highest so far. Highest so far. Um, so my other evidence with Lorraine is years later when she was doing interviews for, I think it was the first Conjuring movie. Um, they asked her what was the scariest house she ever investigated. And she answered, Amneville was horrible, honey. It was absolutely horrible. It followed us right straight across the country. I don't even like to talk about it. I will never go to the Amneville house ever again. You don't know how long my career is. That's the only one. Which, I mean, to say that like it was uh, something that followed them and that she would never go back. Like she could have met, named any of their investigations and that's the one she picked. And it wasn't that the movie was about that one that she was being interviewed about. Yeah, I mean, I believe for somebody that is that 
believes that they are sensitive to this kind of energy, that a house where six people were killed um, would definitely, you know, make you feel some kind of way. And, you know, she might have been able to envision what happened and read the, you know, accounts of the murders and stuff like that. I don't think it has anything to do with the place being haunted. I just believe it has to do with the history of the house. She did claim, I did read this one place where she claimed she could see the murders happening yeah. when she went in there. Yep. Um, I will. And that's, and that's her doing that. That's her visualizing. That is not like a paranormal thing that's happening you know, she's actually making herself feel that way. She's actually making herself see that. There are people that are sensitive and and pull pull that in, I think. But the other thing I will say is I did also read a few places where the family themselves say that they felt like um, some of the energy, some of the, the hauntings followed them even when they, they left. Um, but I've only read that a few places, so I didn't want to totally put that in as evidence. But But also that is not saying that the Amityville house was. Yeah, absolutely. That actually, so this kind of goes with what my, my next thing is like, yeah, I don't think that it's really about the house. Okay. Yeah. So then the answer to the question is the Amityville house haunted should be no. I think it should be no. And here's why you actually already mentioned this. In your history. Yeah. So the children, even if the other two didn't live there. Now, Missy, the daughter, um, has never spoken publicly. But the two sons have. And they claim that there absolutely was paranormal activity. um, But not anywhere extreme as the movie or the book. Um, They said they saw shadow people. They felt the cold spots. They kind of felt attacked. Attacked by spirits. But they claim that it wasn't the house. They claimed that it was George Lutz himself because he believed in the occult and would do rituals, which was not totally crazy at this time. Like like you said with The Exorcist, like people would play the Ouija board. Like that was a board game that was really popular in the 70s or like, so it's not that he can't necessarily that he was a Satanist, mm-hmm. but that he was doing rituals. Like no, the occult, was, the occult was regaining popularity in the 70s because yeah. of stuff like this. I mean, I, you know, practiced uh, religions that would do stuff like this. So, I mean, I could understand where he would do that. It was becoming a really big thing. Yeah. And so they claim that he drew spirits to the family. Yeah. But, okay. So you are these kids, right? You're seven. You're under the age of seven, right? Because the one boy was seven. Yeah. The other one might have been older. I don't, I'm not sure. All right, under the age of 10, let's We'll say, say that just to be safe. All right, so if you're under the age of 10, you're you're raised as a Catholic and they were kind of lapsed, but maybe. But they were probably raised yeah, to believe raised in Catholic. religion. Yeah, yeah I think they so. were they were raised to believe in a religion that for forbades forbades? Forbids? Forbids um you know doing anything like this doing any kind of occult thing and you walk in and you see your father stepfather stepfather performing some kind of ritual you're you're gonna be heightened right there you're gonna be like whoa wait a second you're not supposed to be doing that you're evil Mm. and then i think that that really you know when we did the bloody mary thing 
How did you feel after that? Were you like a little scared afterwards, even though nothing happened? Yes. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. Their feeling, they walked in on their father probably or their stepfather doing some kind of what they believed was like a satanic ritual, which it's probably not. It's probably Wiccan or something like that, which is totally peaceful and earth earthbound uh, religion. But they think it's evil. Well, we don't know. I mean, we don't know what he was doing in there. I, you know. So, I mean, but they walked in on that. They saw that mm-hmm. and then they're going to, you know, say that they they feel stuff because they're scared. Nice. They're very young. So, how would you rate this then? 0. <laughs> how would you rate this? This I would rate like a 7. A 7. Yeah, okay. they you when you read it and you and you watch them and and it's it's they're they're fairly so, convincing. No part of you believes that them knowing that their stepfather is performing these rituals scared them enough to believe that they see stuff like this. Also, the shadow people, this is an old house. The lighting is probably really horrible. And you can see shadows. As far as cold spots, again, old house. You're going to feel cold spots in different rooms. That doesn't mean anything. All right. So you're still sticking with your seven. I am. I am with that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, So what is your overall rating for the Amityville house? Okay. Now, remember the question, though. Right. Is the Amityville house haunted? I am giving that a four. A four. Okay. Yeah. I am not. I, there is just, well, we'll we'll go into our, our final arguments, but there's just not enough evidence for the house to be haunted. Yeah. Do I think, you know, there's a little different story with the family, but the house, there's been no, no one since the Lutzes have had anything happen. Nope. No, there has been no further claims. Like there's other houses we've talked about or just, I don't know, that we've heard about where it's like, you know, people buy it just so that they can. Like the Conjuring. The Conjuring house. That's that's the one I was thinking of, you know, where it's like they invite people to come and do paranormal investigations because there's stuff that's happening and whatever. Or the Island of the Dolls, like there's people that come and do these. Nothing like that. And think of how much money these families that own this house, like especially the ones that owned it right after them. Oh, could have made so They could have made millions of dollars. Absolutely. And they could have said that they believed it was haunted. They could have wrote their own book then about it. Yeah. They could have made a lot of money, but they chose not to. Yeah. So that's how much they don't believe in the house being haunted. Yeah. So I'm going to give my overall rating. Mm Might surprise you. I'm going to give it a zero. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> but that brings us to our closing arguments. This okay. is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones to keep each other honest. Rebecca, are you ready? I am. All right, here we go. Go now. All right. So I don't know what's happening with this month. I don't know if this is skeptic month or what's happening, but... I don't believe that the Amityville house is haunted. You know, as I've said, I, I, you know, there was there was a bad thing that happened in that house, a horrible thing with the murders, and I do think that when the family moved in, George was doing stuff, and it did bring up stir up energy, bring in something. Um, but I, you know, that maybe followed the family a little bit. Um, that you know, the kids saw some stuff and experienced some stuff, but none of it was as bad as what they said. 
They even said later that it wasn't as bad as they said. You know, I mean, so many things. And they never really gave a lot of detail um, about what happened in the house. So again, do I think there were maybe a few weird things and then they got an idea like, hey, (laughs) we could, uh, you know, make this into something. Uh, And then they did. So house, not haunted. Oh, okay. You're done. I'm done. I'm just, that's what I'm saying. You're panicking me with the countdown over there. So I just... It's where I'm ending. All right. Well, I am ready whenever you are. Okay, I'm ready. All right. And go. So we have to look at the question that we are debating. We are debating, is the Amityville house haunted? There is no way that the Amityville house is haunted, even given what gruesome acts happened in this house. It's not haunted. If anything, like Rebecca said, It's George Lutz that brought it upon himself and carried it out through it. No family since then has said anything has been wrong with the house. They each lived there roughly about 10 years, average of 10 years. They didn't leave after 28 days. They stayed there. There's also a lot of um, evidence that says that they didn't even stay in the house the whole 28 days, that they actually just bought the house and just you know, kind of, they didn't move all their stuff. They didn't do anything that they left before all this happened. I already told you the doors didn't happen. The hoof didn't happen. The red room didn't happen. Yeah. No, there's just too many things that they, like George kind of backtracked on afterwards. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Lutz family always stayed uh, true to what they believed happened there, I guess. That happened. Yeah, yeah, it said that happened. Um, but nobody else has. Yeah. Everybody else has crumbled around them. And the Lutz uh family, you know, the the George and Kathy are are both deceased now, so we can't ask them. No, no. I what I will say though is it's a great story and it's it's amazing how long it has lasted in our yeah public or popular culture like so many movies and everyone knows the story and people still go to the house and uh it's it's a it's amazing and i think it has to do with our true crime and paranormal fascinations it it brings them both together they definitely come together in that one yeah well i want to thank you so much for listening to our 50th episode five zero that is crazy Um, Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement. We have a lot coming up. We really do. I can't wait to tell you guys about what we have in store for October, but I can't tell you yet. Uh, interviews and the whole nine yards. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna do this really good. I will say, everyone that we've mentioned it to, like family and friends, they're like, "Oh my god, that's so good." Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So what are we going to talk about next time? So next time we're going to talk about the White Sanitarium. Ooh, when does that come that out? That comes out on September 2nd. So kind of right around Labor Day, it'll be a good yeah. a good thing. Um, and this was one, I think, didn't this come in? It was a request by a listener. By a listener. Think, it might yeah. have been come in second place or something it like did, that on a listener It did come poll. in second place in our... Um, our first... Yeah, our first l- listener choice where we did the Von Erich episode. Right, this one came in second, so we're really yeah. excited to do this one. Yeah, and we'll always do the second place one. We just won't do it right away. Yeah. And uh, we have Titanic to look forward yeah, to Yeah, that was our second place last time. Yeah, so don't worry, it'll be on the list. But until then, stay ghostly. Bye. <laughs>